0: This burrito's pretty mid, not Uh, gonna lie. Nothing, there's no food at Starbucks that is good. (sighs) There's one food item that is good, and it's only seasonal, and it's the Cranberry Bliss Bar. (laughs) The Cranberry Bliss Bar. So good. (laughs)
1: Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that says rewards should be in a ranked choice vote. What? <laughs> I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host Jared Sheldon. Jared,
0: I'm I'm putting it together now. Yep. Okay.
1: <laughs> I mi- You see, I mixed politics with the very strange situation of you finish in this order, you get to go on the reward.
0: Steven, we don't do politics on this podcast. Don't lie to my face like
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, the one who has the strong opinions and says them into the microphone. Yeah. That's what. That's why we do a podcast. We have strong opinions.
0: Steven? Yeah. I have a weird question for you. Go I'll on. that. What is politics?
1: You just want me to describe, like,
0: the generic politics? Well, no, because I'm I'm thinking about it and, like, obviously, like, I'm somebody that does not shy away from getting political. Uh huh. But, like, are social, are talking about social issues politics? I mean,
1: as they sit today, yes, absolutely. But what makes them political? D- uh, politicians. Solely using them for their own strategy and getting ahead. That is very chicken or the egg, isn't it? It kind of is. Huh. How's your weekend Ben Stephen? <laughs> Good. I didn't do anything yesterday, and it was so good. Yeah, you didn't. I, oh, I sat on the couch. I played a little bit of video games. I, oh, I just, I didn't want to move. My
0: body didn't want to move. I'm proud of you. Thank you.
1: I am on the road to recovery.
0: I, I told Stephen this before we started recording. We're recording on Sunday. <laughs> Uh, so this is the day after our group played D&D, and you all that are listening heard me say on mic, Stephen, you're banned from the table this weekend. <laughs> but I didn't think that the rest of the group didn't have the context that you were exhausted and dying. Mm-hmm. And so when I got there, I was like, oh, yeah, I know, I banned Stephen from the table this weekend. Everyone thought we had a big fight. <laughs> It was very comical to have to clear up.
1: What argument or crime did I do to get banned from
0: the table in this hypothetical scenario? Oh, that's interesting. No, I mean, let's be honest. It's be something I did. <laughs> like, let's, It's very unlikely. Steven can't
1: you, come because I fucked up.
0: Yeah, no, I'd be more really like, <laughs> Steven's mad at me. <laughs> You're too inoffensive. No.
1: All right, I'll take that. I can live with it.
0: Yeah, no, it was interesting listening to uh, different people that know you. Obviously, one person that knows you better than the rest of the group. Sure, that I, I told like mo- like individuals I was talking to ahead of time, just as people showed up or logged on or whatever. And the tone got so serious in their voice, like, <laughs> oh no, what? it was like it was like oh, oh what happened and I was like oh no 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 so what I
1: have to do now is next time I play I walk into the room with like a very serious face and i greet everyone as normal and like hey how's it going how are you doing Jared
0: please this is so this is that would be so traumatic for me (laughs) that would be I have uh, there was a, a, a friend of mine that their partner got mad at me over a very stupid misunderstanding in D&D, and it ended my friendship with those people. Now, mind you, it was one of those things where that was the argument, but that is not what the argument was about. Sure, It was about the fact that uh, being in your early 20s and living together is fucking hard. It is, yeah. Especially when two of the people that are living together are dating. Oh, boy. Yeah. But don't do that to me, please.
1: (laughs) Okay, well, I won't do that. What I will do is emails. If you want to email us, feel free to do so. SurvivortBT at gmail.com. Or you can message us on Reddit, you slash SurvivortBT. We got one email. One email from Josh. Josh says... Hi, Josh. Hi, hey Josh. The only thing I have to say is that Chad brings big Ethan energy. Ooh, yes. He could probably win the
0: game if he's in a tight alliance like Ethan. I, I could see yeah I mean interesting I feel like Ethan was a little more of a deft navigator like I feel like ethan at least had some self-preservation instincts like <laughs> I don't feel like chad did but yeah I mean I guess if you were if everyone in the game just hates each other at that point yeah I guess he is the inoffensive option
1: <laughs> I yeah he didn't piss anyone off he didn't really make any big moves he just was there
0: at so, like i we've talked before how like people stop seeing the cameramen after a while because mm-hmm. they're just like the trees and they're just like part of the environment at that point that's kind of what chad was part of the trees chad was just part of the island <laughs> oh yeah oh that's right you live here okay oh, yes chad hey chad how
1: you doing yeah you 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 walk into the woods you're peeing you're like ah chad <laughs> oh, so, so sorry i didn't see you there God, i forgot you were here
0: <laughs> ah, uh, okay
1: <laughs> that did for our emails just one short oh, one. It was, I, I love that i wish i would have read that in advance so that i could have been like oh we can just squeeze this in at the end i didn't no i love it here we are but that means we get an email in every episode baby yeah we don't spread them out very well well i didn't think about the fact that our last episode is not coming out before we, we record, record this one. one yeah usually we get some pretty quickly people are on it like i get, thank you within two hours i have an email typically which is amazing and just a testament to how good you guys are at listening to us critiquing us being on it super fans of the super fan podcast i love you guys <laughs> so that's all i have did did you have anything else you wanted to say since we have a little bit of extra time or you just want to jump right into it? I
0: think we can jump into it. This episode is also pretty jam-packed. We have mm-hmm. a lot to talk about. So yeah, I think we just get right into it.
1: All right, then let's get into it with a bumper.
0: All right. So this episode came out on December 2nd of 2004. Uh, a couple of interesting things happened in the week between episodes. Pope John Paul II returns the relics of St. John Chrysostom. C-H-R-Y-S-O-S-T-O-M. I've never spelled something out in the podcast before like that, but I don't know how to pronounce that. Is this Egyptian? uh, I don't know. I don't think so because it returns it to the East Orthodox Church. Oh. Russian caucuses, something like that. That sounds important to Catholicism. Stephen, as the resident Catholic on this podcast, does that mean anything to you? What was it he was returning? The relics of St. John Chrysostom.
1: My guess is it was something that this saint took with him, like had on him when he died or it was part of his possessions. And the Western church took it in some war or something Mm. and just like took it when it was probably more attributed to the Orthodox church in the East Okay. So maybe it was like it's Hey, we're not fighting over who is the correct church, who is the actual holy church. Here you can have this back.
0: The the like Catholic wars and like the, the history of the Catholic Church is actually fascinating to me, especially in the times when they were well, they've always been the bad guys, but in the times when they were like definitely the bad guys um in medieval Europe, like the idea of a church being like, Alright, so our army is going to go take care of that and go, What your army? You have an
1: army? The, yeah, the church army. The
0: church, ah, yes, the church
1: army. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> Insane. Or like the <laughs> times where there's like multiple popes
0: because nobody can figure out who's the legitimate one. Love it. That Yeah, that, that, that do happen a bit. Uh, speaking of, this is a very Catholic church-themed week. Okay.
1: What were you going to say? I was just going to ask, do you know the, the process of selecting a new pope?
0: I the Cardinals get together, and then there's smoke. That's all I remember. Yeah,
1: so it's it's really fascinating, actually. They all get together. They are not allowed to talk about it. They just get in. They pray for a long time, and then they vote. And if it's not unanimous, then it's it's a, a false vote, and they have to go again. So they, they burn it, and if the smoke goes up a certain color, then it's like, oh, nope, didn't work. Got to do it again. So do they get to the talk if it doesn't work the first time? If I I don't know if there's, like, actual communication that happens. Like, if they're like, oh, okay, well, who do we feel like is a good candidate here? But I'm pretty sure it's just all the people in the room get together and they're like,
0: all right, pray and vote. I do love the idea of, like, the smoke color Mm deciding it. That's how we should do... All of our decisions is via different color smokes.
1: The smoke doesn't decide it; it's just to let the people outside know. No, no, <laughs>
0: the smoke decides. Okay. Anyway, Anne Sampson passed away. Who's the oldest ever nun documented? She passed away in two thousand and four. She was born in eighteen ninety one. Dang, one hundred and three. That yeah, a hundred and three year old nun. Yeah, wild. And as if. She was the Horcrux keeping Ken Jennings' streak alive the next day. (laughs) Ken Jennings loses loses his streak on Jeopardy. No. (laughs) Now Jeopardy host Ken Jennings. Oh, yeah, that's
1: right. I always forget that. I, I think he's still hosting. The picture on the Jeopardy, like, hey, this is the splash page, is Ken Jennings and Mayim Bialik, and I know
0: Mayim Bialik is out. And they haven't changed it? They haven't changed it yet. They're like, people who watch Jeopardy, don't know how to use the internet. It was so. a recent development. Oh, okay. The top five movies weren't talk about number five. Although, wildly enough, SpongeBob SquarePants fell to number six. It didn't last as long as I expected it to. It's a great movie. It's a kid's movie. Yeah, but The Incredibles is number four. Sure. Polar Express is number three. There is a
1: saturation of the market for yeah, kids' I guess movies.
0: So. Christmas with the Cranks is at number two. People were still seeing this Stop. movie. I know. Number one, National Treasure. But number five, Closer. Have you heard of Closer? It has like the most generic title ever. It does.
1: I Maybe?
0: I don't know. That's a good point. Alice, Natalie Portman, an American stripper who has moved to London, meets Dan, Jude Law, on the street. Every romantic lead in between the years of 2000 2004 were just Jude Law. It was always Jude Law. (laughs) Anyway, while looking at him, a taxi hits her. After taking her to the hospital, Dan Dan begins dating Alice. A year later, Dan, who has written a novel about Alice, is bored. He flirts with photographer Anna, Julia Roberts, pretending to be her in a chat room. He leads dermatologist Larry, Clive Owen, to an accidental meeting with Anna. As the years pass, both relationships disintegrate. What do you think this is uh, rated on Rotten Tomatoes, Steven? Oh,
1: my goodness. Okay. Also, what a fun movie for Christmas.
0: <laughs>
1: I feel like, didn't we we just recently talked about a Jude Law movie where he gets bored of a relationship? Yes. Didn't that just happen? Correct. Okay. <laughs> so,
0: apparently, if you wanted to make dramas or rom-coms or whatever and have a romantic lead, it had to be Jude Law, and he had to be a womanizer who gets bored of different women. I'm sick of you. Get out.
1: <laughs> Uh, I think that this is a mid movie that audiences gave a forty-two, and critic
0: gave a thirty-six. I would have also thought that it's a good movie. Well, I don't know about that. Um, Audience give it a sixty-eight. So okay, good. Gu- yeah, okay, okay. Critics given eighty-one. Okay, And I am going to say that um, the critics of the time might have liked the Jude Law gets bored of different women and ruins relationships trope more than I would personally. I guess
1: technically I said mid and put a low score, but still. Yeah, that's higher than I expected it to be. Me too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) After reading that description... I knew the rating before I had read the description. Sure. And I was like, there's no fucking way. As I was reading that description to you, I was like, there's no way this movie is that good.
1: (laughs) That can't be correct. Okay. Well, then let's get into the episode, I guess. (laughs) Episode 12. Now, who's in charge here? (laughs) What a silly title. It is a silly title. We start the episode with a congratulations. It's... It's it's congratulatory around oh, camp, and he's like, "Hey, that was a good move. Like, props to you guys. It was great." And then it immediately spirals into caddy. <laughs> like,
0: I I would say that that was probably a little backhanded.
1: It was, but it if you didn't know any better, it sounded genuine. Yeah, that's fair. And yeah, yeah. immediate blow up. <laughs> oh man, and it's blowing up. The ladies are all going at each other, and Chris is just sitting there snacking on chips, being like,
0: hey, "Yeah." The wild, yes, and Chris should be. Chris is in a great spot for the rest of the season. (laughs) Good for him. What drives me crazy about this scenario and, like, with Amy and... It's really just Amy, because Julie we don't really see get involved at all. In fact, we don't see Julie at all. Julie does the Homer Simpson, like, back into the hedge maze this whole episode. Yeah, she kind
1: of shuts down and maybe realizes she's screwed, And just tries not to be as outspoken as Amy to maybe save herself another day. Yeah, I mean,
0: usually I would say, what are you doing? I think this makes really good sense here. Okay. Because if if you're Julie, you're sitting there, you're like, okay, I have this relationship with Chris that we, again, see very little of, but we, like, they seem to have a, like, close personal relationship. It's wild that we never really see it, but... The reward challenge, they're, like, talking to each other, and you can tell that, like, Chris is basically asking Julie if she'll take a dive, like, how bad do you want this? And she's like, I want it really bad. He's like, yeah, I do too. Like, that's not something you ask to somebody in a competition unless you have a rapport with them already. That's not something you ask to an enemy, you know? Sure. So, if if you're, like, Julie's strategy here is actually pretty smart, if it is strategy. Amy is the next to go. But if it's not Amy somehow, it's not you. Mm -hmm. It's going to be Eliza or Scout because they fucking hate each other. And you've watched them hate each other for 30-some-odd days. If you want to place your bets that that alliance doesn't hold strong to the end, I don't think that's a bad bet.
1: No, not at all. And like we've seen countless times before, Final Fours are great. But you have two pairs of twos. Maybe you need a third and make it not a final four
0: yeah and then you end. so i think right now if i had to predict i think the final three is chris julia Eliza. but the thing that drives me kind of crazy about amy in this section and th- this is a, a very emotional response from her is y- you're you don't deserve to be on a high horse here <laughs> the other person th- that could have gone home wasn't chris i don't think wait did chris have immunity Yes. Oh shit. Okay. Well then maybe you can be a little bit on the high horse. <laughs> you couldn't have voted for Chris. But like yeah, it was it was it no. No, Amy had immunity. Are you
1: talking the last vote? Last or this episode, vote? yeah, yeah. The last episode. Oh, yes, Amy had immunity.
0: Yeah, so Amy, you didn't go after Chris. You didn't keep the women's alliance strong. You went after Eliza. And maybe your arm was twisted a little bit, but like you're being shitty with Eliza, whose other option was go home. You have to have that self-reflection in the walk back from Tribal.
1: That that was the most fascinating part to me throughout this episode, because she, do, she does put the pressure on Eliza quite a bit in this episode, and usually the pressure is, but all the things I've done for you. you mm-hmm. And Eliza having the the trump card of, I was going to go home if I didn't vote this way.
0: Yeah, it really shuts strategically. Now, we're going to get into, like, the relationship dynamics and the emotions of this episode, and I really like the emotional tone of this episode a lot. But strategically, yeah, you're right. They're like, Amy, you do not have anything to stand on. Like, the the person that you are mad at for flipping on you is the person that you voted for. Yeah, it's the person you were trying to send home. Right. Had she not done that, she would have gone home. Which I, I... Normally, I'd be like, this whole episode is for nothing. What are we doing? But it actually creates a really interesting set of circumstances for Eliza and Amy and becomes very nuanced, and I like it a lot. Okay. Cool.
1: More details from that conversation. Really funny hearing Twyla saying, sorry, I screwed you, I guess. And Amy's like, you didn't screw me. You screwed Leanne. I'm still here, baby. I'm not gone yet. That's not a terrible attitude. No, it's not a terrible attitude, but it's also coming with the, the tone of "yes, you screwed me." Yeah,
0: yeah, it is. It's a yeah, it's a little bit of a lie. <laughs> yeah,
1: and we we keep going a little bit. Chris is having a great time. I'm living with five wildcats. It's crazy. Having a good time, and Amy admits to getting cocky. Yeah, in a conversation. To, I don't remember who she's talking to, but she's she's admitting, yeah, I admit I, I was a little cocky, but I don't know. I thought I was in a great position, and I did everything to keep this group of women together.
0: And incredibly successfully. Like we Oh, should, yeah. We should mention that keeping an alliance together from day one until, what, final seven? That's tough. It,
1: it's amazing how well she did it to get booted where she did. Yeah. Yeah, we'll keep, keep on going. And then it's just confessionals all over camp of people. I'm, I'm pissed at this person. I'm pissed at this person. Interesting that Twilight had a confessional in the shelter, like while laying in bed. Yeah. Absolutely trash talking Amy. And I'm like, how, how did this happen? Was no one in the shelter when this was happening? Was Amy off doing something in the middle of the night?
0: Yeah. And also something I've never really thought about is what do they do for confessionals because I'm assuming that the cameramen are you probably the ones who are usually setting it up where they're like when they have someone alone they're like hey let's talk or maybe they have set times like maybe it's like hey you know I'm gonna come get you in 30 minutes we have to we have to film a spot of you real quick but how do they stop or do they stop contestants from overhearing it do they is it like an unspoken rule of like hey that person's in their confessional time don't go bother them i
1: I believe there is like a boundary that you can't go into for confessionals it's a it's a producer that sets it up and a producer's that's sitting there and asking the questions okay okay so i i'm assuming they're also like they set guidelines of hey this is a no-go zone like you only go there if we bring you there. Okay, cool. But that's that's a theory, and I don't know for. I a mean, fact.
0: that would make the most sense to me, and why probably Twyla feels so like confident in uh-huh. having this confessional.
1: But that's why I'm like, okay, this is, for lack of a better word, public property. This is shelter. Yeah. In the middle of the night. Oh yeah, it was at night. Yeah. Oh man, I didn't even realize that part. That's why I'm I'm clicking like okay. If she's alone at camp, fine, go ahead and do that. But it's middle of the night, and the fire that everyone is probably standing around is not too far from there. So they must all be out doing something. Or... (laughs) Or she's just laying all this out on the line right in front of
0: everyone. That very well could be. Or at least, like, in front of Amy. Twyla is... Not afraid to get a little dirty. Twyla
1: has zero shits right now, given.
0: Twyla has had this season for me a Kathy-esque arc. Where in the beginning, I'm like, all right, she's kind of interesting, I guess. But like, I don't really think she's going to play Survivor all that well. And then now I'm like, wow, Twyla, all right. (laughs) Now, oh, I remember what I was going to say earlier. It is interesting that a lot of the people in this season came in with I'm going to play honest. I'm going to play straight up. That only works. It's Prisoner's Dilemma. That only works if everyone does it. Correct. And the first person to break it has the advantage. So you you can't... Like Amy's strategy was, I'm going to play honest until, I, until somebody else screws me over. By the time somebody screws you over, your game might just be over. Like if you're playing like really honest, straight up, all your cards on the table you might not be able to recover from that if you take the initiative and you do something dirty like twyla well it puts you in the driver's seat you're in the driver's seat yeah it can get too far
1: okay so that happens we get mail from the for a reward looks like you get a shower right and this conversation is really funny of Eliza looks tiny. Eliza needs to go on this reward because they show her, like, Ugh. pinch her shoulder blades together. I didn't like it. Bodies are not meant to be that small. No. But I've seen it. I mean, Mikayla's pretty small. Michaela probably could be the <laughs> same. Yeah. And people are like, I've been calling her olive oil. It's pretty funny. A, a cartoon, notoriously, physically tiny, that... that The body proportions don't make sense.
0: Wow. Yeah. We're probably at the point in time now in 2024 where that is not a reference most people will get. Mm -hmm.
1: It's Popeye. Yes. Olive oil from Popeye.
0: I mean, that was an old reference when we were kids. Yes. But was still in the cultural zeitgeist because of things like Boomerang and Cartoon Network that would play reruns of it. Now it's probably just lost to time. I don't, now that I say it, I don't know that I've actually ever seen.
1: Uh, a Popeye cartoon mm. but I know of Popeye it's like Dragon Ball Z it's always been there I've never really watched anything that's okay
0: okay cool Dra- Dragon Ball Z is fine. <laughs> it's fine
1: it's fine it's fine it's early Shonen anime they're figuring yes. out what to do with it
0: and a lot of screaming and <sighs> we don't have any we're waiting for the next manga to come out so we have to fill two episodes so let's show flashbacks of things that happened in this episode and have characters talk about it in their heads and then charge up a spirit ball for 20 minutes
1: yeah it it's just the limitations of animation at the time and let's reuse as much as we can and let's stall for time because we need to yeah yeah so anyway roar challenge
0: I, oh, I did really like the tree mail too. The the corked bottle with the basically replica of the flags that they're gonna be going to get under mm-hmm. the water. I thought that was really cool. It was pretty cool. Arts so team popped off.
1: Our team, way to go! We show up to the challenge, and so does Jeff. In a new car! <laughs> Yada, da, 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 da.
0: Jeff's still phoning it in. Just, <laughs> you... <laughs> fuck it, I didn't want to come up with anything on the on the car. Here's the car. Here's the car. You're playing for the car. It's a Pontiac G6. This also feels a lot earlier than we usually play for the car. It does a little bit, This is it? Final Six? I think it's usually Final Five or Final Four.
1: Yeah, it it's been all over the place. I would yeah. say this is the earliest it typically is any earlier than you're like oh whoa that's way too early yeah after next episode you'd be like you wouldn't blink an eye correct but also we're one episode from the finale so yeah yeah so yeah we are playing for a car and a trip to a spa and food and showers and by the way you don't get to pick it's the first place second place and third place in this challenge get to go do you like this yes and no Okay, From a rewarding standpoint, obviously, it's very fair. Anyone who goes earned it, and there's no, like, politicking behind it. From a show perspective, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because then you lose on some of that drama of, okay, this person's bringing this person. There's strategy behind who Mm, you take. mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. I don't disagree, Mm -hmm. but I do think it's something that Survivor should play with again. Mm-hmm. Because the idea of forcing people that... Like, this would not have been the three that had gone. Like, Amy would not be there, and it made really good television. It did. And it made really... It made, like, good stuff for the game. It made... Uh, now, I think the circumstances around it, Eliza was never going to flip. It doesn't make sense. It's it's six, so you end up at 3-3. Three, three. Amy's the one who voted for you, like... She would cut you in a, in a heartbeat, it looks like. like there's. I don't think there's a world in which this was going to go Amy's direction. This was Win Immunity or Go Home, this mm-hmm. whole episode. And yet it still made really dynamic television, which makes me think I kind of want them to do this more often. I agree. I think that it
1: should be in play more often. They have to finesse it a little more. I don't think it worked as well with the car being I agree. in play. Yeah, I agree. But... If the reward itself is, this is how many people get to go and do this amazing thing, yeah. I'm cool with it, but there does have to be an incentive in coming in first.
0: Yes, yes, I agree. I, I almost wonder if you could do something kind of fun of, okay, either you can take the pe- the two people who came in second and third, mm-hmm. or you can pick one person to take. Oh, okay. So that the person in first still has a choice to make, but there's no good choice
1: (laughs) there's still pressure yeah that's interesting
0: and you can hide behind it a little bit be like no of course i i took second like if your friends in second be like i want to take second and third because it's more people that get to enjoy the reward and really it's like oh that's who i would have picked anyway that's who i wanted to go on the thing i don't know i i i kind of liked this i liked the rank choice voting (laughs) a lot okay
1: then, yeah, we're we're playing the game. Oh, by the way, here's the menu. And he pulls a little sandwich board out. <laughs> Hilarious. Okay. I love the bits that we go to to make it show what I can show without bringing you to an entire restaurant. Yeah. It's great. So you're playing a water obstacle course. There are three flags. You have to run, grab a flag, get back across the obstacle course, drop it off, and then go back and do it again.
0: These people are I've decided now, these people are incredibly unathletic <laughs> compared to previous seasons. Compared to previous seasons, yes. Nobody is running. I until the very end. They are walking from the beach to the flag. Like that is it looks so weird to have and feels so weird to have like this like high octane music and then people are like limping back to the finish line. The For the first of three legs. This is, once again, though, a very long endurance-based challenge with a little bit of skill in there. This one doesn't feel as long to me as the other ones. Like, I mean, it's sure, but, like, it's really not that much longer than you think of, like, Pearl Islands, the one where they had to grab the medallions and swim under. Mm-hmm. Like, that is probably more physically exhausting than this challenge. But and, length, and... time-wise, it's much shorter. They get, they had to do like twelve medallions
1: or something like that. Yeah, but it's only a twenty five meter plank. They go under, they go back up. Yeah, I guess this you're is right. like a a two hundred meter swim with balance beams that Chris is notoriously bad at.
0: That's true. <laughs> Although they don't have to start over if they fall off.
1: No, that is the thing. Is it? They just get back up where they fell off.
0: Yeah, that made the challenge visually confusing and not really my favorite I agree especially like if you can if you don't have good balance and you can swim it faster I think Twilight tries this like just swim past the obstacle it doesn't work for her she's awful at this she's, challenge. yeah she's
1: bad <laughs> she's she's not good at this but yeah it gets a lot of the rules are unclear and survivor needs to figure that part out
0: which is weird because they have before mm-hmm but I guess they're experimenting with new challenges, and they're not learning the lessons they learned from the previous eight seasons yeah. on how to format the rules of those challenges. Yeah,
1: it's tough. It it's always tough, and it's tough to show everything without being overcomplicated. Yeah. to the audience, like there could be a full list of rules that we just don't get to see because they're not relevant. True.
0: I. But the yeah, but the instruction of this challenge feels a little sloppy. I feel so bad for Scout. Everyone from the, at the start does go and run onto the course. And then Scout just literally limping from the start. Yeah. Nothing she can do. Yeah. That poor woman and her poor fake, like her poor poorly, fake knee. poorly sized fake knee.
1: Yeah. She, she struggles in the challenge. And then once she leaves the challenge, she struggles some more. And like, man, if I was six years younger, I would be competing and I would be, putting up a good fight and maybe winning these. And I'm like, I get it.
0: I think if she was her current age with the correct knee, she would have a fighting chance. I mean, she'd have a fighting chance. She wouldn't be nearly as athletic as Amy. No, God, no. But I don't think she's that much weaker than, say, like, Twyla. No. So And, like, Twyla won an immunity challenge. But Scout is a hindrance from day one. She has not been able to compete in hardly any challenge Mm -hmm. because she... It's funny. She has both legs. Chad didn't. <laughs> but yet her having like the bad knee is worse than having a prosthetic. As far as like the ability to compete in the challenges, like having having a 100% strength prosthetic versus having a 5% strength bum knee that doesn't fit right.
1: <laughs>
0: There's a clear winner there.
1: Yes, and I, it speaks to the p- people with uh, physical disabilities are so much stronger than people give them credit for.
0: Oh, yeah, obviously. So yeah. Or at least obvious to me. Yeah.
1: Okay, so we go through Amy's leading and is... Looks pretty dominantly in control of this for a while. And then Eliza is kind of like squeaking up and catching up. And then Amy has one fatal fall in that Eliza catches up, passes,
0: and never looks back. Two back to back. One of them is yeah. much worse than the other. But yeah, no, Amy chokes. Yeah, Amy chokes this one. And that has to feel so bad knowing that you're going home and you could have at least gotten a car. I
1: could have left with the car and kept the car curse up and running.
0: Uh, I mean, I still think the car curse could be up running. (laughs) Although Eliza straight up could win. Eliza has a very interesting story that we'll talk about later in the episode. Okay. Oh, and I I pointed out earlier, but I love, loved, loved, loved the Mm Chris-Julie moment of like, how bad you want this? I want it really bad. I want it real bad. Yeah, I do too.
1: All right, keep going. <laughs> At a point where they're halfway through the course on their last go around, yeah. so they both have to go down, grab the flag, get back up, and then cross the, the beams once again. And Chris barely squeaks out Julie. Like, it's real close. The only thing that I think won that is Chris having slightly longer legs so he could stand up faster. Yes. G- getting out of the water. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So eliza amy and chris get to go out to a resort they get showers they get their clothes cleaned which is something that boy shouldn't be understated no that's huge it's huge at this point in the game it's it's beautiful they (laughs) and notice how they didn't try to like make it sexy
0: yes i appreciated that and like i actually wrote down that Amy's shower scene was hilarious. It was because it's just funny. Like, her head just sticks out of the shower and gets and like has the drink and then pops back in and it's like that's that was so fun. It
1: was so fun. It's a fun little moment. Thank
0: you survivor.
1: This is this is the correct way to do it's it. it's the
0: bare fucking minimum. But like thank you. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you.
1: So that happens there. They all get their clothes cleaned. They're hanging out in bathrobes the whole time.
0: That's actually something we probably should mention like. Eliza hasn't really, like, Eliza and Julie, I mean, Julie objectified herself early in the season. Like, Mm -hmm. she used that as a weapon. But the show hasn't, the show's actually been pretty good this season about, like, not objectifying the young women. Interesting.
1: It's been better. Yeah. I like that.
0: To the point that, like, we haven't talked about it because it's how it should be. And,
1: yeah. Huh. Yeah. All right. So, really, they're just hanging out for a long time. They they take their showers. Chris is last into the shower, and he's sitting there complaining, they didn't even leave me any hot water.
0: Chris kind of gets, gets the raw end of the deal on
1: this reward. You know what? He's in third place. He get, he can have a cold shower. That's fair. <laughs> and then, while this is happening, Amy is apologizing to Eliza. I'm, I'm sorry I voted for you. And it kind of, it doesn't go
0: anywhere there, but... It continues later. Yeah. I mean, so this whole dynamic between Eliza and Amy is so fascinating. And why did we not see this earlier in the season? I know it developed over the course of the season. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel like I remember Eliza and Amy being on camera at the same time before this episode. What does that tell you, Jared? Do you... So, that... I'm reading what they're saying. Uh-huh. Eliza is saying that Amy they would gotten so close mm-hmm. over these 30 some odd days that Eliza or that Amy is like Eliza's big sister that she never had. Why are we not seeing any of that develop? And I think what you're trying to say is because it's because it didn't. I I think it did happen and I think there
1: is a development that happens over the like you get close to people even when they're not part of your alliance, but Eliza oh, was expendable. Yeah, for a long portion of this, until suddenly she was not.
0: And and maybe th- this is just like the rubber banding of that. Like they've been playing a game, but they do have these really strong, genuine feelings for each other that neither one has really processed until basically the game is over between the two of them. Yeah, like Amy is going home if she does not win immunity, and I think they both know that, and so they're also both kind of grieving that. Which is interesting. I really loved this. And these episodes can be hard to as as a viewer, as I'm sure the producers and the editors, when there is an obvious vote. How do you make the episode entertaining? Mm -hmm. It's a question that has been asked every single season. Sometimes multiple times a season. Usually multiple times a season. In a bigger cast, it's easier. Once it gets down to like, final seven final six final five it gets a little harder there's only so many people you can focus on there's only so many different ways the numbers can go and this is an interesting approach this wow we actually really like each other as people and now I have to send you home to stay with these people I don't like as much (laughs) as you but it will benefit me in the game and that is what I am here to do and yet that sucks And I am feeling that not every contestant is going to have those set of circumstances. Not every contestant is going to have that level of emotional vulnerability. But it makes for really compelling TV. It's a fun dynamic to play
1: with. And they play through it the entire episode. So there's a little bit of stuff that we already hinted on back at camp between scenes at the reward.
0: Where Scout pissed that her body doesn't work the way it used to. I really do feel for her here. I'm starting to like Scout. Like a little less <laughs> as the season goes on. Why is that? I don't. I, I can't do the passive aggression. I've never really liked that out of Scout, but it hasn't been the focus. Mm-hmm. And Scout, to her credit, does a really good job of selling herself in confessionals. But then you see her in interactions, you're like, "Oh, I actually, I see who you actually are."
1: I, I, I see why
0: people are
1: pissed off at Scout.
0: Yes, but your body failing you is something I can understand and uh, identify with on a deep personal (laughs) level. And that shit sucks. Yeah. Yep. The,
1: the, I can't do this anymore. Part of the realizing your body is failing you sucks.
0: Yeah. Uh, I did want to point out one, one thing before I, when they're snacking on the food back at the reward, Uh um, Amy eats something and, like, both Eliza and Amy are like, oh, it's so good. Or it's like, oh. And Eliza goes, I have a feeling we're making that noise a lot tonight. I'm like, so we're just not doing phrasing then, huh? <laughs> we're just, we're not phrasing? No. Phrasing? All right.
1: Phrasing. <laughs> yeah. So, also back at camp, Twila and Scout are openly talking about their, like, final four plans in front of Julie. What the fuck are you doing? Who is not part of those plans. What are you doing? <laughs>
0: What are you doing? I... Situational awareness. I think in their minds, there's like, it doesn't matter if Julie hears us. Mm -hmm. The order is obvious. I I think you're right. It shouldn't be. But this is the same shit that happened with Amy. Hey, hey, Scout. Hey, hey, Scout. Um, Do you remember how much you fucking hate Eliza? (laughs) Do you remember how mean you've been to Eliza? Like... Part of why I, I'm not liking Scout more and more as the season goes on, and we're getting to the end of it, is Scout has the people that exist to her, and then everyone else. Mm-hmm. And when that was Sarge, and it's singing at the fire, that's a little quirky, especially because like she hadn't spent a lot of time with Sarge. Like There's some ship there, there's some tomanship but this sort of like, and she does it mostly, she's very dismissive of the younger women like it's it is very generational for her where like she's very condescending to Eliza all season she pretends like Julie doesn't exist and doesn't matter in the scene and i predict the final 3 will be chris julie and eliza because why would like eliza wants to split on this and doesn't because it's 3-3 and chris and chris is like no we're not doing that that's fucking stupid but why not get rid of scout and twyla Instead of Julie. So that sort of arrogance Mm -hmm. mixed with condescension and passive aggressiveness. Imagine living with that for 30 some odd days, 24-7.
1: Yeah, it it definitely makes the, the whole situation more awkward. And you see why the frustration is there. But boy, later do we get some lashing out in the episode from Amy. That is true. <laughs> and
0: Twyla, Twyla's using Scout as a shield. It's kind of smart. It's not a bad shield. I like Twyla a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I hope Twyla comes back. So
1: we're, we're back at dinner. We're enjoying the dinner. It's beautiful. And Amy gets up and has to go to the bathroom. And <laughs> it's really fascinating the, hey, no, no, no. Don't worry about it. We're g- we're going to be final four. Everything's safe. You're fine. Don't don't get any crazy ideas, Eliza. Good on you, Chris. He's trying to lock it down cuz I think he sees or at least feels the vibes are off and like has to make Eliza feel
0: comfortable. Yeah. Oh, hey, making Eliza feel comfortable. Wild concept that no one has tried this entire season. <laughs>
1: And then they go to bed and they have this weird conversation while Chris is sleeping. It, w- w- what appears to be in the room with them.
0: I think Chris is sleeping like in the living room part of it. like It's okay. a suite with like, a bedroom and a living room because Chris is sleeping on the couch. Part of why I said Chris gets a raw deal. Uh, got it. <laughs> they only give him one bed for three
1: people. And this is where Amy is like, every single step of the way, I've had your back. I have been protecting you and like I am... I want you here in this game, and I'm hoping you can do the same for me. Hey, hey, Amy. Uh-huh. Do you
0: remember who should have who in your mind would have gone home and should have gone home like yesterday at this point? No, I don't remember. Sorry. Oh yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, the pitch part of it, the keep me in the game part, not it wasn't that interesting to me because it's like you, you gotta do it. Yep. I, I respect Absolutely. the hustle. It's not gonna go anywhere. This is probably the worst circumstances possible for Amy. But, like, the emotional part of it, again, like, I I really like their conversation and their bond, and I like Eliza being stuck between, hey, this deal with the devil I made. <laughs> like, the scene later where she's sitting by the fire and Scout's, like, kind of, like, cackling, I was like, this feels like she sold her soul to a witch. <laughs> like, this is insane framing and coincidence, and I kind of love it. And then she's like but it's like I like hanging out with Julie and Amy more but Scout and Twyla get me closer to the million dollars. Yeah. That's we we haven't really had people voice that before of like the Wait, but I just like the people that I'm that are on the other side of this rift more than the people I'm on the alliance with. <sighs> These people I get. These people could get
1: me a million dollars. Right. <laughs> yeah. So then everyone's back at camp and there's not a whole lot that happens here except for we're framing the scout is on the outs and amy hates scout yes because this is the scene where the ladies the three younger ladies are sitting at camp and scout's like hey let's go get some wood and we're like well we have to watch this pot and it's probably going to take the three of us to dump it out when it boils so we i think we all need to stay here and scout's like and then <laughs> and then later she's like, she goes to pick up a blanket and Amy's like, no, 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 get your own blanket.
0: Insane levels of pettiness.
1: It's pretty petty, especially knowing that she's not using it. It was on the opposite side of camp. Yeah. Wild. All of it. And Amy goes in on Twyla too. I've lost all respect for Twyla, but Scout's been a little too safe. Scout needs to see her name
0: here. Yeah, and, and it doesn't get talked about till this point in the episode, but that, like, swearing on her son's life, Amy took that shit real serious. Oh, absolutely. And I kind of don't blame her. I also don't blame Twyla. <laughs> like, it's... don't words, <laughs> words don't mean anything in Survivor.
1: From a lawyer perspective. I'm I'm coming in here. I'm not a lawyer, but from a lawyer perspective, she did swear on his name, not his life. Ah, uh, yes. Very uh, a sl- a slight difference, distinct difference. Sure, fair. <laughs> I like so now he has to change his name.
0: Hey, maybe Twyla is just a really supportive mom, and actually he's been trans the whole time,
1: wanting to change his name.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Twyla's like I won't dead name him. That's fine. <laughs> no, I. I don't care what you swear on in Survivor. I'm not going to fucking believe you. Like, the only thing that mattered, that would matter to me as a Survivor contestant is, do our interests align? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, sure, vibes, do I feel like I can trust you? Are you acting sketchy? All of that. But at the end of the day, do you have something to gain from stabbing me in the back? No? Perfect. Awesome. I'm glad. Do you have something to gain, but you swear on your son's life? I don't care. I'll kill your son myself. (laughs) And something can be said for the oversaturation of
1: advantages in the new modern era of Survivor. Mm -hmm. But it does give you something physical that you can use as a bargaining chip. Yes. When your word is... Something that I can give to you and say, hey, this is actually... You can use this in the game.
0: When your word is your only commodity, you can only give it out once without it being useless. Yeah and or and break it once without it being useless. But it should be useless from the start because there's a million dollars on the line and I don't care what I swore on. I will stab you for it. <laughs> then we get to Immunity and it's a
1: big-ass game of shuffleboard, kinda. Yeah, we've had this before. Something like this, yeah. This is slightly different than what I, we've seen.
0: I like this board a lot. This board's really cool. The islands of Vanuatu, the topography actually being on it so the pucks don't stay quite quite perfect. And I like the volcanoes, the calderas.
1: Yeah, it did make it all interesting, and it made it more challenging than just... Uh, I got good at flicking a thing across a board. Yeah. You can nail a shot and just score a point right there, or you have to somehow lay it onto a thing that is not flat and may just push it right back out. It, it's fun. So everyone gets five shots, and... Most pucks touching an island when the game is over wins. Makes sense to me. Yeah. It's, it's shuffleboard. It, if you're there and then you get knocked off, it doesn't count anymore. I did right before
0: this challenge started. Is Julie still alive? <laughs> at this point, we have not really seen her overhearing Scout and Twyla. We have not heard from her. We have not gotten a confessional. We don't know what she thinks of any of this.
1: We only get this episode through Julie's eyes by her reactions to things. Correct.
0: I don't think Julie spoke a word except for that exchange to Chris in the entire runtime of the episode. It's like she took a vow of silence for three days i became a monk during this episode of survivor my ally was voted out ergo i become monk yes you're not getting anything from me survivor
1: (laughs) (laughs) and like i said this challenge is cool it's fun it's not a physical based challenge so really anybody could win it's a skill based challenge and for a while it doesn't look like chris is gonna win and then he kind of pulls it
0: he pulls it together in his last three shots yeah because he looks god-awful for his first two. He sure does. The music in this challenge was super weird. Like, it was almost trying to tell us that Julie was going to win. Like, every time, like, everyone else went up, and it'd be like, it'd play sound effects when they threw a puck, and it be like, <laughs> um, but then, like, Julie, before she even threw a puck, it was, like, playing heroic music, and I was oh, like, what the fuck is going on?
1: That is weird. Maybe Survivor wants you to, like,
0: hold Julie to some sense of relevance. or Maybe. Manipulation through music is a thing, though. That like, is true. They do try to manipulate you, not in a bad way to help tell the story of the challenges with the music without you being able to like articulate what it is. And I think the music editing this was, was weird, mm-hmm. but especially like the sounds when like something would come close and miss, I was a fan of,
1: <laughs> I meant to say relevance or not relevant. What's the relevance? No, I said relevance. Oh, okay. What's the, you hold someone to high esteem. Re... Ooh,
0: uh, Doesn't matter. Regard. Okay.
1: Regard. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we host a podcast. Anyway, Chris wins. Finally, I won something, says Chris. It is wild that this is the first individual he won.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, Chris should be... Chris obviously can't be voted out this episode. He has immunity. Chris should not be sticking around. He should be a threat, and he is the back of the line of threats, which, good for him. That's good threat management that sometimes you got to learn when to shut up and just stick to the people that you've made a deal with. Mm-hmm. That is, this is a good time. He has two free votes on that jury. Two of the seven are going to Chris before we even know who the other person in the <laughs> final two would be. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's I, a problem. That is a problem. Who <laughs> <laughs> if you were sitting there as one of the other now four ladies, maybe you should look at that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A month's worth of grievances living together just blew up.
1: hmm hmm hmm
0: These women aren't on speaking terms with some of the other ones. Like, Amy and Scout aren't going to come together and put their fucking differences aside. This That's is, not happening. This is why I will always preach that just get me one more vote.
1: Because shit like this happens and you're like, oh, suddenly I'm not the problem anymore.
0: Uh, yep. Yeah weird how that happens i agree with you and unless there's a obvious better solution (laughs) like then three more days or power position well take the fucking power position you idiot sometimes three more days is all you need sure okay so
1: (laughs) then we go back to camp and this is the final push for amy and she once again goes after eliza and like come on man just i I've, i've been there for. trust me I give you my word and oh, sorry, that was Twyla. Twyla is going to Eliza and saying, yeah, trust me. I I give you my word on this. We're we're
0: solid. And Eliza doesn't like the, the, hey, you gave your word on your son. I don't know about your word right now. Not, not feeling that. Yeah. But
1: like, and Twyla apologizes for that and says, you know what? That was a mistake. I I made a mistake on that and
0: I'm living with it, but you can trust this word. There, again, there's no incentive for Twilight to backstab you.
1: And then and then this is the part I was talking about where Amy is like, hey, I stood up for you. I I wanted you around, and it would hurt my feelings if you take me out now. Okay. It's going to hurt your feelings then? This, this is a very last ditch. Like, I know yeah. I'm going home. Just please.
0: What's What's kind of crazy about it is it didn't even feel like – Manipulation. No. It didn't. It didn't feel like the type of like. I, you shouldn't vote me out because it's gonna hurt my feelings. It felt like, it felt more like Amy being like, hey, I'm asking you, please don't do this. And if you do, I'm. It's gonna hurt. But there's also like a, an undertone or like a subtext of like, but I'll still love you. Like, but I still really care about you. That mm-hmm. is interesting. And makes the conversation worth having. Like, it feels almost just like, because once she's on the, if she gets voted out, if she's on the jury, she can't say anything. So almost like a, but I won't be mad at you. Sure. Yeah.
1: It, it, it does feel like a conclusion and it's, it is a little bit of a manipulation, but not a a purposeful, like, do this. It, it's not quid pro quo.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's It's not like, it's. It's not a threat. It's yeah. not like, if you do this, I will never speak to you again type of thing. Yeah.
1: So, anything else before we hit tribal?
0: No, just that scene with Eliza sitting by the fire and Scout cackling. <laughs> that was a great shot.
1: Yeah, and that's to highlight that Eliza definitely feels more comfortable with the young women. And, boy, they want you
0: to make make it seem like it could be a 3-3 tie. When Scout's not very good at this game. Like, I, I, it was during the reward challenge, but Amy says something like, you know, Scout's been so passive aggressive to me. Or maybe it was like Julie and Eliza. I don't remember who Eliza was talking to, but they were talking about how Scout is shitty to everyone. And Eliza's like, well, she's only been nice to me for the last three days. <laughs> <laughs> and but yeah, cause you need, her, cause she needs you right now. They do kick around the rules of the
1: tiebreaker mm-hmm. for a while. And, it dawns on me that they still don't know what the tiebreaker is. Like most people just don't understand what that means because Chris had immunity. Chris would be safe. And the two people who received votes would also be safe. So then suddenly the odds are not in your favor for Eliza to do that. Cause it's yeah. a two people in the young. I thought Chris lost his immunity, but okay. I don't believe so. Okay. It's he is safe no matter what. Gotcha. So then it's suddenly the two young people on the block and then Twyla on the block drawing a rock. Yes. Which is not beneficial to Eliza to stick your neck, neck out for that.
0: And I, I think Eliza does know that. I think the pre-law student probably read all the rules before they came to the island. I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that 100 And part of the reason why they talked to Chris about the tiebreaker and not Eliza. <laughs> oh, Okay.
1: So we get to Tribal, and boy, Jeff is on it in this one. He is just going after people. He sure is.
0: He, like, calls Scout out. Yeah.
1: Scout, you told me you want the women to stay strong, and then you go and you do this. You keep Chris around. What's the deal?
0: Yeah, it was something like, it's all flower power until it no longer benefited you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, damn. Damn, Jeff. We're going for the jugular here. I kind of liked it. I'm not going to (sighs) lie.
1: I don't want to like it because it's so not what Survivor is. Because I don't want Jeff. I want Jeff to be the observer. Yeah. I'd, I don't want Jeff to be the one going for the jugular. I want him to present the information and then let Amy go for the jugular.
0: I'm okay with him calling out if he see if if he sees something as hypocrisy and it hasn't been called out. I'm totally fine with him calling it out. And I don't necessarily think Scout was being super hypocritical, but I do think it's worth saying. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I'm not going to hold a knife to Scout's throat and say, no. D- you, you're you being a hypocrite.
0: <laughs> like, okay, Jeff, calm down. Um, And something else to point out, Eliza is so good with words. Pre-law. Pre- exactly, exactly. Pre-law. <laughs> she, I'm sure, I, her, the where is she now, I'm sure she is a fantastic lawyer. She's so careful with the language that she uses in every single tribal council to... Keep things as... Keep herself in a good light. Keep her allies in a good light. I don't like that you're writing something down right now. <laughs> D- don't. Keep going. Okay. Uh, keep her ally- keep her allies in, in a good light. Not give away who her alliances are, who her allegiances are. Still answer the question. And, like, not have a gaffe. And she might be the most deft at that that we have seen that I can remember at the very least. Sure. Because, like, there are people who don't give anything away. They're just, they are they just don't answer the question. Or they say, like, a very generic answer. They go, yep. But Eliza gives you a full-throated answer that is careful and cautious and thought out every time. Also, that makes her very fucking dangerous to take to a final <laughs> two.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah final two is a trial it it really is it's, <laughs> all right let me put you in front of a, a jury, jury. <laughs>
0: and you better speak
1: really well here
0: so that will be interesting if she is one of the final two cool
1: and overall i think this is just a very angry tribal like yeah it's angry across the board and jeff is kind of the one who instigates it which is very strange and twyla comes out Twila's pissed and like other people have lied in this game. Get over it. And end it with a screw you. Yeah. Toward, toward Amy, obviously. But, man.
0: When Amy also is like, I, not, doesn't say Twyla's name, but is like, I have no respect for someone that lies like that. Yep. Like, they, they're they just basically dead to me. Yep.
1: And Eliza really highlights it one last time that, you know what, if Amy goes, I'm going to miss Amy. Like I would miss her a lot, and she's been like a big sister I've never had.
0: And there's tears, genuine tears between the two of them. It's very interesting.
1: It's very interesting. And then Amy goes. And then Amy goes home. (laughs) And flips the bird on her way out. Oh, does she really? Yeah. Oh, it's great. She's walking down the woods, and you can just, as she's... Entering that point where you can barely perceive her. You can see the blurred line coming up above the 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 finger that's being raised in the air. Hell yeah, it's, I love that. It's she, great.
0: She also says that she's leaving, like, good luck, young ones. Mm-hmm. She specifically is saying, like, good luck, Eliza and Julie. <laughs> Fuck the rest of you. I don't know how she feels about Chris. I think Chris, she doesn't care about Chris. Good luck, you youngins. I don't think she hates Chris. I don't think she likes Chris. Uh, the men were not part of her game at all. I did want to point out Scout in the... Voting confessional uh-huh. does some like LGBT on LGBT hate. Like I don't remember what she says, but it's something to do with like the rainbow and I basically being like calling her like a bad lesbian. Like I don't. I oh, wish I. I wish I'd written down what she said, but it felt like basically like yeah, we're like we have the same sexuality, and you make me embarrassed of that. Was kind of what I read into that and I was like oh Jesus I
1: don't like that yeah let's let's leave that out of the game I also didn't write that down so I I must have been distracted during that it was it, very it, it was very quick. important. okay
0: yeah it was very quick and it was kind of it was like mumbled to the point that I couldn't write down what she said sure but I heard I like it was something to do with like disgracing the rainbow or something like that I, I don't know that sounds like a bad Skittles ad disgrace
1: the rainbow <laughs> taste uh, the
0: rainbow yeah I mean not you know Hey, it's they both identify that way and if they uh like it's it's not like scouts doing a hate crime cuz it's also who you are but mm. um it's a bit of a bit of a low blow, sure. And
1: hey, you know what? On an exit confessional, Amy's like, "Man, do I want to hold Twyla underwater for 2 minutes?"
0: Yeah, she did want to actually murder yeah, Twyla. Yeah, like, wow,
1: we're just <laughs> going for murder here. Cool. <laughs> How do you think Amy does in Future
0: Survivor? <sighs> So Amy is fascinating to me mm-hmm. because she's somebody that played like a very straight up game. like she didn't backstab anybody unless you count Lisa, I guess, but that seems to have been mostly a misunderstanding or some type of weird scenario that's that was that one that's strange. yeah, and like Lisa had flipped before and like I don't know that besides that though, she said right away, I'm gonna make an all women's alliance. She did it. She did. As, like, except for voting for Eliza last episode, which doesn't seem like it was her idea. It wasn't. Didn't really waver from that. And those people don't typically do that well. People that are that rigid don't do well. It is something I've criticized other contestants for in the past. She's also very emotional. Like if something doesn't go her way, she cannot be diplomatic. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you do have to swallow your tongue and just take the L for a couple of days. Not something Amy can do. But people seem to follow Amy. People seem to like Amy being in charge. So, I think she's always a threat to win to like I don't I don't know that she's ever really a winner. Um because she's too obvious of a winner, if that makes sense. I like, see what you're saying. She'd be, she would be she has no ability for threat management. But she can rally people really easily. So I don't think she's... If she gets on the wrong side of an alliance, she could go home very early.
1: <laughs> Let me put it this way. How do you think she would do... In fans versus favorites, is she in fans versus
0: favorites? Micronesia
1: coming up. Hell
0: yes, season sixteen. Hell yes, I'm glad she's coming back. That's awesome. I, ugh, it's so hard because she's because she was the loudest person in the room on this season, but I don't think this season is a good vertical slice of Survivor contestants as a whole. Mm-hmm. Like she's not as loud and abrasive as like Jerry in Australia, but she was definitely the loudest and most abrasive person on this season, except for apparently Eliza. Cause everyone wants her to go home the entire <laughs> time. For some reason, I could see, I could see her. I think in Micronesia, she's probably going to go home before the merge. Unfortunately, I think she's going to be the leader of the weaker Alliance in a tribe and get, and get got.
1: Hmm. Fascinating. Okay. Then your protagonist of the episode. I mean, yeah, it's Amy. Yeah. It has to be.
0: Yeah. Uh, She's the one who tries to do moving and shaking. Uh, The episode's all about the emotional growth of her and Eliza. The the sub-story in this, though, is Eliza's growth. Amy talks about it, and we have seen it. Like, people couldn't stand to be around Eliza in the beginning of the season, and now it seems like she has genuine friendships with everyone that is under the age of being a senior citizen. I don't know how old Twyla is. Uh, (laughs) I'm joking about that one. But like with Chris, with Julie, with Amy, um, probably with Leanne before she went home. Like it seems like she's formed these really genuine connections and grown a lot. And that makes sense because she's 21 fucking years old. Mm -hmm. Turns out you grow a lot when your brain, when your frontal lobe hasn't developed and you're under uh, interesting circumstances. And that story is told through Amy, weirdly enough. It but, is
1: wild that we're just one episode removed from she doesn't deserve to be here or Chris deserves to be here more than she does, get rid of her. And then suddenly we're talking about growth. Yeah, and, and it's funny how the brain works that way, and I would have
0: said the same thing in watching this episodically. Part of me does think that that was she doesn't deserve to be here's so a little bit of cover. I do think they're afraid of her as a contestant, and that has that has popped up several times with like Scout being like She's too smart. She has to go home. Like Eliza does not do threat management very well on her own intelligence. Fair.
1: Okay. Then I, once again, I would love if Amy's out there and Amy hears this by any means, I would love to talk to Amy. Oh, I feel me like too. Amy has so much insight that could be
0: wonderfully beneficial to us. And just, I want to hear her perspective of all of this. I'm, I am really, really glad she comes back. And yep. that's kind of surprising me. Cause I was worried that I was starting to get the feeling that maybe this season was buried for returnees, except for like maybe the winner or second place person. I'm glad to know it's not. All right. I hope that Amy comes back. I hope Twyla comes back. Oh man, if they're both on fans versus favorites. <laughs> oh
1: I can tell you that uh she is not the only one that comes back from this season. So. Sure. And I mean,
0: I already told you, Eliza's in heroes versus villains. I you cannot convince me otherwise.
1: <laughs> we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Bumper. That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. Jared, let's go watch some football.
0: Let's go watch some football. Yeah,
1: we're about to watch the Lions absolutely demolish the Vikings on the last season, or last game of the season. Maybe. We'll see how many of our starters we play. That's fair. And you know what? I'm cool with it. Give me a draft pick. (laughs) Take number 10, baby. Oh, boy. Uh, Anything you'd like to promote?
0: I would like to promote snow. Ooh. We got our first snowfall here in Chicago. A snowfall that stuck. Yeah. And... I like snow, man. I like snow for like 60 days a year.
1: <laughs> I like this amount of snow, the six inches to a foot where it's a nice dusting on everything. It's going to hang out for a bit and it's not going to be a problem for driving. Correct. And this is me as a Minnesotan saying, I know how to drive in snow. A
0: lot of other people do not know how to drive in snow. The I, I didn't realize this till last night when I was driving one of the people from d d home. I have surrounded myself with so many Minnesotans. You're welcome. <laughs> Y'all love your state so much. Yes, we do.
1: I am going to promote drinking water. You drink so much water. I everything because of all the snow and because of how cold it's been. I did so dry. Yeah. Don't forget to drink your water, babies. Baby, babies. <laughs> For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. For my host Steven, this is Jared. I'm
0: dry. Get the water. Water.
1: Bye-bye. Bye-bye.